0: Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Adrian Martini. Hello, Adrian.
1: Hello, Sarah Shea. I haven't talked to you forever.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Although we've been on planning meetings for, we the, for the new Love the Run You're With series that's going to open up oh, yeah. in July and kick off in August. August so yeah so we we've seen each other on zoom and we've seen each other Yeah. yes and heard each other's good ideas for all the new that (laughs) come in that so I'm super excited about one of them I know the one that you came up with should we we, we, just one word you say it Uh,
1: come on stickers
0: stickers (laughs) All right. We are changing topics. Um, How's your run across New York state going? Uh, Your virtual run across New York Uh, state. That is my virtual run.
1: Yes. I'm not actually, you know, in the wilderness in (laughs) Western New York. Um, I mean, I'm in the wilderness (laughs) near my house, (laughs) which is in central New York. Um, It's going well. Uh, Uh I'm currently, I actually looked this up before we started. Uh, 68 0.04 0. 0.04 miles across the state of New York, uh, which is 20% uh-huh. of the race. Um, I'm currently outside Henrietta, uh, mm-hmm. the Henrietta interchange on I-90, which <laughs> is also the town that my husband grew up in outside oh. of Rochester.
0: Oh, nice. So, so and maybe, yeah. maybe tell people who don't know what this, what this endeavor is, tell them what it is.
1: So it's one of those virtual races. Apparently every state is going to do this this summer. Um, oh, so far I didn't I've heard know that. One in, yeah, no, I've heard of one in Tennessee. Um, and just read about one in Georgia. Um, and I would be shocked if there weren't more. Uh, in New York, somebody is also doing a subway series. where you run the mileage of the entire subway system. Nice. Um, Yes, but they're virtual races. So you kind of, you know, every day knock off a couple of miles. Um, Mm -hmm. I love it because I can track myself on a map, and I can Mm -hmm. say, oh, well, you know, I'm outside of Henrietta. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some who have already finished, which Mm -hmm. is absolutely insane.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, How long has it been going on for?
1: It started in mid-May. So... Not, Mm -hmm. you know, not that long. Um, Mm -hmm. And you could, you had a choice. You could do the 500K, which essentially just takes you across I-90, which runs the length of New York.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Or you could do the 1000K, which took you um, across and then down into the city. Mm -hmm. Um, I chose the 500K because I am a sane person. Mm -hmm. Um, You
0: You mean the width of the state?
1: Don't you? Not the length. I'm sorry. Yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did mean the width of the state. But if okay. you decide to do a thousand k, then you're doing then half you, of the length.
0: Yeah. Then you then you hook a right and you head yep. towards Manhattan. Yeah. Head, and the other boroughs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Although if you really wanted to, I suppose you could hook a left and go up to the Canadian border, which yeah, would be sure. about the same amount of mileage. So, sure. <laughs> hello Plattsburgh, really here I come. <laughs> yes, lovely Plattsburgh, uh, <laughs> whose soul-defining uh, character characteristic is that it's close to Canada. Um,
0: (laughs) my brother went to St. Lawrence university, so
1: I have been up that Yeah. Yeah. He he knows the glories of Mm. of that part of the state. It's Mm -hmm. lovely. It's just, -hmm. you know, there's not a lot there. Um, so it seems like if, you know, like Rhode Island did one, that might be a pretty quick one to do. Um,
0: (laughs) You could do that as an ultra, just, you know, just lay it
1: down. (laughs) (laughs) Just wake up and go. Um, you know, I think the larger Western states, that's kind of more of a challenge. Mm-hmm, um, sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it's a way to, you know, it occupies the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I love a chart. I love <laughs> logging miles on a chart. Mm. It just, it brings me happiness. So oh, good. good. And that's,
0: they have um, that as part of the functionality of this event.
1: Yes, yeah, because yeah. it is very much based on the, um, you are running across mm-hmm. New York State. Idea, so it lent itself really well to plotting it on a map, and also proceeds from the race fee uh, have gone to charities in the city that are combating COVID. Um, oh, that's wonderful! Yeah, and they I just they just sent a twenty five thousand dollar check down. Wow! Um, and it's allegedly one of many. So uh, eleven thousand runners signed up.
0: Wow, so, that's awesome.
1: That's awesome. Right? Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's pretty cool.
0: Good, good. And you'll keep us posted occasionally on our website, another and uh, oh, in and sure. newsletter, yes. newsletter in our newsletter, which people can sign up for by going to another motherrunner.com. Yeah. So
1: awesome. Yes. Um, I would say that I'll take pictures along the way, but they all are going to look more or less the same because <laughs> there are only like, so many places I can run in my town. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, and You don't need that many pictures of my big sweaty face, so um, (laughs) because it's warm here. Um, But speaking of warm, I hear that you have traveled up to your pond.
0: I have. I have a wonderful Klein Line Pond up in Vancouver, Washington. So I have crossed a state border. It was very exciting wow. to get out. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, wow. I felt like my tether was finally reaching a further distance. Right. And, uh, yes. So Molly and I went up there on Saturday. And um, it's a state park, it's a, some type of park. So there's um, a tr- uh, paved trail. And um, definitely a different vibe than here in Portland um, in terms of keep, people keeping their distance and um, you get a lot of side eye here in Portland if you don't mm. give very wide berth around people. So yes. it, it was, a, not only did we travel to a different state, it was a little bit like traveling back in time because people just were, <laughs> it felt like right. last summer, just everybody. You right. know, yeah. so, so, um, so we ran two miles literally to warm up. Because we anticipated the water, or I did, I uh, can't speak for Molly, anticipated it being pretty chilly. And it was not. Like, it was huh. perfection. I mean, I really braced before I went. I was like, okay, I can do this. We drove. here. <laughs> uh, I'm not backing down. And r- reminding myself, last year, my first swim was June 9th, and my last swim was October 9th. And that October 9th, right. was, it was chilly. And cause I, I wear a swimsuit and, and a cap and goggles yeah. and that's it. And not um, like a wetsuit? I do not. I do not own a wetsuit. I do not. I don't think I plan on buying one, but, um, but this time I did. <laughs> so after the run, um, so the locker rooms at the facility are closed. So I just changed by the side of my van. And yeah. um, uh, so I was like, oh, I can either wrestle out of this sweaty sports bra or I could just pull my swimsuit on up over it because I thought, oh, I'll need the extra layer to keep my boobs warm and all that stuff. (laughs) And I did not. Uh, But it did make, uh, you know, the out in the open change uh, slightly more discreet. And um, gosh, it was just beautiful. I mean, that water, it's such a wonderful shade of dark green. I always want to say that it's moss green, but then I worry that people will think it has like stuff floating in it. And it's not, it's just the water itself is this just fabulous shade it's almost teal it's just fantastic huh. and it just felt huh. so it's a,
1: you live in a magical place <laughs> thank you we, i do live in a magical <laughs> place
0: <laughs> <Madical>. <laughs> so um yeah tons of people were fishing there they can only fish from the shore though there's no uh watercraft is not allowed on the on the pond itself. And so it was just, Oh, it was, it was wonderful. It was just wonderful. So, um, and I feel very close to my father when I go there, not because he swam there ever, but because he had a strong love of swimming as well. So I definitely Uh was talking to my dad while I was in there. So it was, it was awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So So, So
1: why did you go a week earlier this year?
0: because because i couldn't wait because i couldn't wait because
1: um i i just felt like um i just we'd
0: had a couple days of warm weather warm sunny weather Mm -hmm. although it's been a fairly chilly spring with some amount of rain um and and some chilly rain um and but i was like well we had three days of hot weather you know i and and also um a bunch of mother runners who live up in in and around vancouver washington I know they've been swimming. They, they do wear wetsuits, kind of yeah. Farmer John I, once, you know, so they don't have sleeves or anything, but um, right. so I was like, okay, they've been doing it, so, you know, might as well give it a try. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but, but then I was like, wow, well, man, we should have come out here a week earlier and maybe even a week <laughs> earlier.
2: <laughs> you can only go
0: far Sarah, go forward <laughs> right Compliments. Right. walking forward oh my goodness well that that's that's kind of a perfect lead in I know right <laughs> uh, thank you for that you teed it no up I'll hit it <laughs> <laughs> that just kind of happened let's go with it yes yes so um, so and that is good that you um, alluded to it because it was you were the one who planted this idea for the for this um podcast, and it was inspired by a New York Times article that you alerted me to, and it's about basically what assets runners hone during training and races that can serve them and us during this pandemic, like patience, pacing, fortitude, all those sorts of good things that carry us through our miles and hopefully can carry us through, um, continue carrying us through these weeks and months as, you know, the situation changes and it's fluid in different parts of the country, but it's still not normal life by any means. So our two guests are familiar names around the train like a mother club coach Jennifer Harrison and Dr. Justin Ross. Adrian and I will chat with them after this brief break. Stay with us. Our first guest is Jennifer Harrison, a triathlete and mom of teenage twins right on. woo And <laughs> along with her colleague Liz Waterstrat, Jen coaches our triathlon and heart rate training programs. So that makes Jen my coach. Uh, She's who I turn to for heart rate advice during this marathon now that isn't training cycle. Thanks for joining us again on the podcast, Jen.
3: Of course. Glad to be here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So remind us the ages of your twins and tell us how they're handling social distancing and remote learning and all that. not so good stuff.
3: Yeah. So the twins are 18, which makes them soft adults. I say, (laughs) soft adults, you know, like they really have all the responsibilities in the world, but not really knowing what to do. Um, The social distancing, you know, Illinois is one of the strictest of the state. We're still only in phase, we just moved into phase three, which means 10 people. Mm -hmm. So we are not Mm -hmm. in any big groups here. And you have to wear a mask all the time, period. Yep. Outside, not outside, not running, but in any store, you're not allowed to go into any, any service. Um, anywhere gas stations doesn't matter there's no restaurants open or anything so we're still really strict and that's because we're we are associated with Chicago Mm -hmm,
2: mm
3: um so the kids had been handling the social distancing Eh, Mm -hmm. initially it was okay right Mm but then the hard part has been that these for me emotionally and for them it's their seniors Uh. so it's been a really um you know, found myself on the floor of the bathroom shower a few times Mm -hmm. during the the early, couldn't do college visits, you know, Mm -hmm. and I understand, I can keep it in perspective. These are first world problems, Mm -hmm. but we also have to let ourselves feel that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, they're doing okay. It was wonderful. I didn't have to worry about boyfriends and girlfriends and (laughs) all that other stuff for a few weeks. Um, but just recently we've let them see their friends and, um, have one person in it the house at a time kind of thing yeah. so we've been much more relaxed now yeah
0: yeah we let our yeah. so my older daughter's 18 and we let her um her boyfriend be in our bubble from the get-go and um, yep. i was pleased that my 14 year old twins did not raise a fuss about that because they did not get a bubble person so mm. uh, or i guess they had each other yeah. maybe that's See. the way to look at it yeah
1: yeah i understand where you are jen because i'm uh in yes. a similar place. Yeah, we all, yeah, have, we all have seniors. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, we all have seniors. Yeah, mm-hmm. we all have seniors. Um, it's been, you know, it's weird, but
3: mm-hmm. we're muddling through. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I and know. New York I State know. So we can whole, all like. Yes. Yeah. It's been. It's been tough, but you know, we've moved on. We've moved on, and um, you know, there. We made the college decisions like you guys, and you know, we kind of press on. The good news is that the school. Has uh, made a graduation kind of a drive in kind of a thing. So I applaud them because mm. they're trying, they're desperately hard to get these kids. And my kids are in big high schools. You know, we're in 600, 800 kid high, senior oh, wow. high school classes. Oh, yeah. So yeah. But anyway, so we're doing, we're doing okay from that regard.
1: So, Jen, can you refresh our memories a little bit about kind of your athletic background and how you're getting your workouts in
3: nowadays? Sure. So my athletic background—it's fun because I'm usually just talking as the coach. So I'll talk as I gen, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, gosh, I don't even know what to say about myself. Um, anyway, so I've been—I've been racing triathlons for probably 25 years now, and so I've probably in marathons and halves and everything, probably done close to 200 um, wow. over my career. I still race a ton. Um, it actually is the highlight of my personal life, meaning it's my outlet. Um, so I enjoy it. And so I've done, you know, Ironman Hawaii for, I don't know, three, four or five times I've done wow. marathons. Yep. So I do all distances and I really, you know, I really enjoy, I, 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 I train to race and I really, it's a competition that, that motivates me. Um, as I get older, I'm not getting faster. So it's important for me to, figure out what's what makes me tick. And it's the competition. So it's not to sound cheesy, but it's kind of like trying to be the best the best version of myself Mm -hmm. at each age group and trying to figure that out. And so that's kind of fun. Right. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: And you're getting we know you're getting your swim on at at a neighbor's backyard pool.
3: (laughs) Yeah, so I am getting my workouts in I am super highly um, type A. I mean, who isn't right, but I'm super type A. So for me, there's no question, like there hasn't been one day during this quarantine since May 15th, March 15th that I haven't, that I've missed the, my planned workout by choice. Um, and there's been some really tough days, of course. And I'm not saying everything has been bubblegum and unicorns, but um, it definitely has been a priority for me. So I just feel right when I do it. So I just get up and do my workouts. Being a triathlete, I tend to do uh, two workouts a day. Mm. Um, with the intention of hopefully racing this fall, but I just really like being fit. So for me, I like being fit, and um, I've been swimming. We've moved to open water here mm. in Illinois. Finally, mm-hmm. it was 59 this past weekend. The water mm. in right. Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Mm. Um, so it was really cold. But I and then my one of my friends, athletes, has a small pool that I was in ever since March swimming. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. because how? the picture we have of you is in a swimsuit. You were in outside in
0: Illinois I- at the end of March in a swimsuit.
3: Yeah, the the temperature outside was usually thirties, thirties, maybe forty. Oh wait, the, but the pool's heated. <laughs> but the pool's oh. heated. Oh goodness! Oh goodness! Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh no, no, no. I am I am pretty hardcore, but that's even a little bit aggressive for me.
2: Okay. 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 So
3: right. how how long is. Like how many times do you have to turn around? Yeah, it was aggressive. It was mind a little mind numbing. <laughs> um, the pool was Is it like stroke, stroke, 12. turn, stroke, stroke. You know, believe it or not, I got and I'm super tall, super long, mm-hmm. so I probably got six or seven strokes in. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so not not too bad. But you know what it was? It was just the ability as a I grew up as a swimmer and a runner, so it's just the ability to get the load off my legs. Mm. And it was almost like a hot tub because she kept it at 80 or 90 degrees or something like that. Because that was just, you know, she was just, that's what she wanted to do. That was, she decided financially that that's what she wanted to invest in. Mm -hmm. Because that's really, really expensive. It's about $1,500 a month to heat a pool in Chicago like that. Wow. Yeah. So, but anyway, that was her investment and she uh, opened it up and we had some really dark days, but it was really the highlight uh, those dark weeks that we had in March and April, mm, for sure, mm, for me. Mm. And how far is Lake Geneva from where you are? You know, it's only fifty-five zero minutes from me north. I'm I'm in very north um, west Illinois. Oh, okay,
0: Lake oh. Geneva is beautiful.
3: Oh, it's beautiful. We love it up there. And to be honest with you, it's a different, it's a totally different uh environment because there there are no rules in Wisconsin with COVID. Yeah, see that, well, <laughs> so, well, I, was, I was saying I don't
0: rules there. I guess you didn't hear the yeah. intro then. That's what I was saying. I I went to Washington State. It's only a 15, 20 minute drive um to go to my watering hole. I went there on Saturday and it and went for a run beforehand and it's very different than it is here in Portland, Oregon. So
3: Very different, but then Madison, which is in Dane County, Wisconsin is still very strict. Restaurants are not open, you have to wear masks. Mm -hmm. And that's weird because Illinois is moving forward as a state. Mm And Wisconsin has moved forward except for Dane County, which is, and I was in Madison yesterday mm-hmm. with an athlete riding mm-hmm. my bike, mm-hmm. our bikes together. Um, so that was, that was more like Illinois there, but yeah, just different. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. The whole thing is just weird. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, I thought of you this morning, Coach Jen, when I was doing my heart rate, my heart and soul workout for the Missoula Marathon that will not be.
3: (laughs) I love it. How are you liking the heart rate training? And how are you liking, like the progress and the workouts and all that other stuff? Love, 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 love. Oh my goodness! Um, I mean, so- but Sarah, we need to have a moment because remember <laughs> when we first started, you called me <laughs> in panic, and you're like, I, "I can't do this. There's no way this." And I'm not making fun of you. Of no, course, yes, you we should
2: all have the same. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah,
3: <laughs> we'd all have the same reaction because we've all been doing this for for a long time and have our own, you know, valid you know, opinions and all this on how things work. And I just said, just give it, it's just what Elizabeth and I say to all the athletes in the heart rate programs, just give it a chance, just give it an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I promise it will be, it will, you know, I promise you, you will like it and you'll see positive
0: results from it. Oh my goodness. Amen to that. That is so True. So I I do rarely wear a, a, a chest strap. Um, so I you know I pretty much know what the zones feel like now. And so this morning it was a seventy minute run with four times um, twelve hundred. So four. Three-quarter mile repeats with um, says two and a half minutes in between easy, but I, I am um, technologically challenged, so I didn't know how to do my you know GPS to do that. So I'm just like oh, and I was on the road, so I just was like okay, I'll oh, and it's supposed to be at half marathon paces, so three-quarter miles. So I'm like I'll run three-quarter miles at half marathon pace and then easy for a quarter mile and then start up again on each of the you know when it beeped for the mm-hmm. mile. So. Felt great. Oh my goodness, my cadence has picked up so much. You'd be so proud of me. It was yes. average 167. And in the uh, three quarter mile, um, you know, faster, speedier bits, I was up at 187 ish. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, which is, I mean, that's, that's an amazing accomplishment for me you know i was miss miss you know what like 160 for, <laughs>
2: for
0: right, the steps, right. Yeah. and
3: we you right. know and it's just so just changing the cadence mm-hmm. for most of these runners you know research has shown every anything under 165 just just has a ton more potential for injury mm-hmm. and we see a lot of videos that we look at or just runners with uh, train like a mother and everybody else mm-hmm. And their cadence is just really low. So that is the number one thing that we, f- we try to fix. And then, then things start to kind come, come together as you've witnessed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if
0: it was fun, I, you know, I switched from listening to a podcast to listening to rock my run music and I was having a, I was having a good time. So, yes, yeah, So thank you. Thank you.
3: You are welcome. I'm super excited. Yeah. It's just the irony of the whole thing is that we're not racing.
0: <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But but so now I'm I'm um short, and I will move on to the the questions that deal with our topic. But I um I have shortened the long run on the weekends because I don't want to open myself up to injury because I hope to be yeah. doing and that's Missoula smart next year. during
3: this time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, right. you'll never regret getting fit, mm-hmm. and you'll never regret doing all the speed workout, but you're absolutely right with the long stuff. We just want to keep everybody injury free. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah. 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 So, so Jen, then what parallels do you see between lessons that you remind other athletes of during training and how you're dealing with, with the quarantine and physical distancing? Because I do feel there's a crossover between kind of learning how to fare forward and, you know, dig deep and, you know, all those sorts of
3: things. It is. It's been challenging to coach during this time um, because coaching has transitioned a little bit over to trying to help and manage mental space mm. for people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And it just was magnified actually this week with everything that's been going on with the Joy, the George Floyd protest. Mm-hmm. So we, I felt like we were kind of gotten up and then it, things have, um, you know, we've had to take another detour. Mm-hmm. So it's been, it's been as everybody has personally witnessed, it's been a tough 10 weeks or nine weeks so far, but the thing that I keep telling my athletes and anybody who will listen to me, (laughs) I tell them, I tell them, you know, what's really important right now is to try to compartmentalize stuff. So I tell athletes that I have these boxes I have in my mind, I have a box for my personal life, I have a box for my children. I have a box for my work, a box for my training, et cetera, et cetera. And every day that I train and I go out and train, I just take the box of my training, I open it up and I put the rest of the boxes away. Mm. So I'm not thinking about um, the fact that we can't swim. I'm not thinking about how all of our races this summer have been postponed or canceled. So, because if, if I, if any of us, just was just dwelling on all the negativism that's that comes from stuff like this then we just never can move forward Mm -hmm. and we just have to move forward and i just keep telling myself we will not be doing this forever Mm -hmm. we will look back on this and remember it's it's only i don't mean to say only but it's quote unquote only been three months Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right you know in the big picture of life we will be okay Mm -hmm. and i just keep telling people Don't go down the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. Don't don't go down the dark Mm -hmm. rabbit hole. Have a North Star. Have something that gets you out of bed Mm -hmm. every single day.
1: Right. Um, Kind of one of the things that we've been talking about was both kind of that stamina, the ability to compartmentalize, and the ability to just kind of take one more step forward, which are things that we've learned you know, if you've trained for anything of any distance, that's a challenge for you. Um, that's something you learn pretty quickly that, you know, well, I don't think I can run five miles. I don't think I can run 10 miles, but I can take three more steps, you know, and then you take three more steps and three more steps and three more steps. Um, and when I ran my first and only marathon, uh, <laughs> which was in New York City, I, um, As I was, I am not a zippy quick runner, um, but I am very determined. Mm -hmm. And as I was entering, came off the last bridge and still had, oh, I think you still have four miles left at that point. Um, The sun was starting to go down, which is really demoralizing because, Mm -hmm. you know, you've been running. It feels like you've been running since the sun came up and now Mm -hmm. it's getting dark and you still have a lot of running left to do Um, but at that point I realized that you know it may not be running at this point but I can continue moving forward whatever forward looks like Mm -hmm. um with all of these other people who are just trying to continue moving forward and sometimes getting through this particular period in time feels a lot like that like I can take the next step and the next step and the next step Um, and just remember that it you know it always still resembles forward progress, um, mm-hmm. and eventually the finish line will come. Um, and if you're lucky, uh, so the nice thing about finishing later in the day, is that you don't have to do that big walk after uh, you finish the New York City Marathon because they've pulled everything closer and closer in. So you're out of the park pretty quickly. as opposed to kind of having to wander around for miles and miles and miles. It's easy to get a cab then. Uh, Nobody's on the subway. Um, They want to give you all the snacks because they know that there's a limited number of people now coming. So, um, but, uh, you know, I take a lot, uh, you know, having done that, those lessons apply to so many other things in life, especially right now. And I've wondered if you, you have found the same thing.
3: Yeah. You know, I really have. And it's hard. You, you, you learn a lot about yourself and you learn a lot about people when you are go through something this dramatic that none of us have ever experienced in our lifetime. Um, you learn a lot about, obviously, patience and resilience and, and dedication and all that other stuff, but it's this thing that I keep telling my athletes. I'm like, keep on keeping on. Mm. In other words, mm-hmm. keep pushing forward, and it's okay to have bad days. People are going to have bad days. For. People were kind of on the upswing here because Illinois, or just anywhere in the country, other pools have opened. You know, I have people racing in Florida. I had somebody race in Utah recently. Mm. Things are starting to move forward a little bit. And then we, and then you know, on May 25th, of course, the the event that happened in Minneapolis, and people went right back to their. They were sad and uh, didn't know how to deal with it. So it's just been this weird 2020 where just keep telling people try to compartmentalize it one day at a time just do the best you can each day make a commitment to get your run-in or your strength workout if you don't feel like running go for a walk mm-hmm. call your best right. friend and go for a walk run you know just just keep moving because what what you will regret is not moving at all during this time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right
1: right and one thing that we now need to kind of think about is the idea of pacing. Um, since summer vacation is not going to look like it has in the past. Um, And we're always told, you know, don't start your race too fast. Don't start too fast (laughs) because it's a long race and you need to, you're not going to win it in the first 20 feet. Um, You can definitely lose it in the first 20 feet though. Um, But how do you think we apply those lessons about pacing uh, that we've learned in running to maybe getting through or thriving as we move forward this
3: summer yeah yeah so you know with with the thriving because there's probably if you ask there's probably not a ton of people thriving or they would define thriving right now but I would say must many more people are surviving with the right um, being optimistically thriving and by but, thriving you know, I just, mean you know thriving to me right now looks like you know I've gotten out of bed um,
1: houses <laughs> right. for, you know right thri- you know you have to redefine
3: your thriving <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think. Right, right you have to and you haven't killed anybody in your quarantine you balls, haven't killed right? anybody <laughs>
1: right, right right right
3: yeah <laughs> I know I know well in it, it, it just goes back to one step you know keep things really simple I think people they feel like if they have a bad day Um, with the training or they don't do the training or they have a bad day with work or something, you know, I just keep saying, make sure just like everything else, just like in normal times, make time for yourself. If you have to put a schedule up, the hardest part right now, frankly, is the people that are working Mm -hmm. and then also trying to raise these little kids Mm -hmm. that have no outlet. And so Mm -hmm. they're not having Mm -hmm. any time for themselves right Mm -hmm. it's easy for me to come on here with 18 year old twins who are self-sufficient and say oh just get your butt out of bed and go run yeah well yeah my husband my husband and I keep
1: looking at each other like I am so glad we do not have smaller kids Mm because oh I don't know
3: how people are doing Mm -hmm. we've said the same thing a hundred million times Mm -hmm. you know yeah I'm just you know uh, my biggest concern is if they're you know with their boyfriend and girlfriends too. You know, right. long. Well, nice. yeah. so <laughs> that's a different couple. Right? <laughs> that's a different, yeah. different, different problem that we could do on another yeah. another whole. <laughs> another oh, podcast definitely. With. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so you know, I keep telling the the athletes and the runners who have all the little kids, do whatever you can. You know, do whatever you can. You, you know, hire a babysitter since we're able to see people if you can afford it. Just take 30 minutes to yourself every day mm-hmm. and go for a walk, go for a run, get on your bike, you know, whatever makes you happy. And then that, that, just, leads to, that just leads to consistency. It's almost like you just need to, to have some kind of routine and normalcy to your life mm-hmm. in order to feel good. I think that that's what, when things started kind of falling apart with COVID in the beginning, I, people kept saying to me, oh, thank God I don't have to think thank God the workout's there. Mm-hmm. And I could just open the computer, see the workout and do it kind of almost robotic.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, right. Because that made them feel good that they were accomplishing something in a world that was just in, in disarray. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. I think, I think that's probably at the root of why I'm not letting go of the training for Missoula that, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, huh, well, that, that's kind of blurry and scary over there. So I'm just going to keep on with the black and white <laughs> on training peaks. Cause I can, I can work with that. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
3: I'm telling right. you and something we can yeah. control. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, precisely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And to have that sense of accomplishment because yes. um, and a certain right. high, uh, a, a high point because um, I was um, talking to someone and they were saying how they really miss, waking up and having some specific thing to look forward to. So, you know, whether you were having book group that evening or going out, you know, meeting someone for, you know, margaritas and chips or whatever, you know, something like that. And it's like, okay, I'm making dinner again tonight and, you know, teaching the kids <laughs> during the day, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and right? so so that it's like, oh, you know, I had a really, you know, I nailed those you know, four three quarter mile repeats and and I found a penny. Woohoo, you
3: know. <laughs> <laughs> right. But no, but that's it, that's important though, because it I told my husband one time in the early days, I'm like, and I'm sure everybody has says had said this, but it felt like Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Every single right. day mm-hmm. yep. was the same. And in Illinois, we we had no sun, oh. no, you know, it was yep. 30 degrees yep. and dark skies. Yep. I, I, I literally was like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh,
1: April was hard.
3: Mm. Yeah, really hard. The May, cruelest month.
0: month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I realized this morning when I came down to the kitchen before my work, I'm like, huh, I guess I can change the calendar from May to June. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm done staring at that. Oh, Particularly oh. because I hadn't put any events I just, on May and so it's right. just, because usually I have like, you know, mom in twin cities, mom in, you know, you know Utah, wherever I am going for business. And it's like, there was none of that. It was just, just yeah. all of us here together.
1: <laughs> I just realized that the calendar in my office on campus uh, is probably still on March because <laughs> nobody's been there to change it. So. <laughs> oh <my goodness>.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wipe the dust off and change that calendar. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, it has been great talking with you, Jen. Thank you for joining us and um, enjoy those Lake Geneva swims for all of us.
3: Yeah, I will. I will. Thanks so much, everybody. Appreciate being here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Our next guest is psychologist Dr. Justin Ross, whose Denver-based practice is called Mind Body Health. A father of two, Dr. Ross, otherwise known as Justin, is a triathlete and a marathon runner who has run Boston several times. Welcome back to the show,
4: Justin. Hey, thanks so much for uh, for having me on. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, all right, remind us the age of those cute kiddos you got.
4: Yeah. So uh, my son is eight, and my daughter recently turned six.
0: Wow, they are mm. growing up fast, man.
4: Yeah. T- oh, time. You all know this. Time time waits for none of us. And oh uh, yeah, they're getting nope. big and they're getting tall. And my daughter had her her uh, her checkup this week. She grew three inches in the last year. So wow. Yeah, they're just <laughs> sprouting up.
1: Yeah. Must,
0: must be <laughs> feeding no, it's her and giving her. her fresh air.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> when you feed them, give them fresh air. You yeah. know, they grow. I, it's crazy. Well, and
4: And we've been without school, um, you know, in the traditional format, we've just been letting them sleep and she, she sleeps late. And so I think all that extra sleep has really just uh, really shot her up as well.
0: Mm, mm, Interesting theory.
1: Yeah, no, I have that theory about my uh, 14 year old son. Uh, So he's getting a lot of extra sleep and suddenly he's, he's like my height, which is.
0: See, I have, I, John, my 14 year old, just, he, stays up so late and sleeps for most of the days, turning into a vampire. We actually, yesterday were out and I was like, wait, just stand in the sun so I can see that you will not burst into flames. (laughs) um, So, um, but I just kind of wonder if like, he's just for his circadian rhythm will just like forever be thrown off balance because of this. Um, yeah, no.
1: He's nothing 14. like
0: catastrophizing yeah. when it comes to me. Right. Yeah. yeah, he'll
1: bounce. he'll bounce He's
4: okay. but We joke about um, my, my daughter's like a, a preteen already. Yesterday, she she slept till ten a.m. Okay. We let her. But then, of course, that screws up her night schedule. So, we're right. My wife and I are watching a show last night, and she comes wandering out at 10 o'clock. She's like, I can't sleep. I'm like, Well, of course, you can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so, till 10 a.m., we got to get this back on track,
1: right? Yeah, we've taken to, uh, you know, at 10 30 or 11, sticking our head in our 17 year old's room, just like, Wake up, do something. Um, right. So, uh, tell us a little bit about your athletic background.
4: Yeah, gosh. I, so I, I really, um, I consider myself an adult onset runner. Um, I, I oh, started running.
1: Yeah.
4: yeah. So I, I started at 29. Um, after like, I got married at 29. And we were on our honeymoon and kind of talking about some of the things we wanted to, to do and kind of those bucket list conversations and sort of on a whim, I was like, I, you know, I think I want to I think I want to run a marathon, see what that whole thing is like. <laughs> And I wasn't—I wasn't running at all at that point. So um, after that conversation, we came back, and I remember that the first time I went out, I'm like, "All right, I guess I got to start training for this marathon." I I ran five miles and thought it was the longest, hardest thing I had ever done in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, fast forward 11 years, and I've run 11 marathons, and you know, run Boston a few times, and run every day of my life now and five miles is like a, like a short day for me at this point. So I've definitely right. come a long way in, in, um, you know, in, in my running career.
1: Right. Um, so I hear, or I think I read about you and your friends are doing a race challenge during yeah. this kind of quarantine stay at home time.
4: Yeah. So I think, you know, like what, one of the things I think that's really popped up for, for everybody, you know, myself included is, um, like finding ways to be creative about exercise and connection and and sport throughout this, this whole pandemic. And um, you know, my, my good running friends were all scattered across the country and all of our events have been canceled. So we thought, well, all right, why don't we find a way to kind of like stay connected and challenge each other through this process? So uh, the week of Boston uh, or the week of supposed to be Boston, we, Uh, We all ran a a one mile on a track and kind of competed against each Mm. other. Um, One of my good friends is in Portland, actually, and Mm. and he was going to run Eugene, the Eugene half, Mm -hmm. which uh, was postponed. So that day we all ran a a half marathon, quarantine half marathon. Mm. And then um, on the day of the Boulder Boulder, which for those who don't know, the Boulder Boulder is um, like a 50,000 person 10K Mm -hmm. that takes place in Colorado on Memorial Day. Um, that was canceled um, so we all ran a like a, a 10k virtual race on that day and it's just it's been a nice way for us to you know like stay in, in contact about running and to keep the challenge going and to keep the you know like the the banter going back and forth if you will about right. what we're doing and, and pushing each other
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right you mean the trash talk
4: the trash talk. Yeah. I was being nice there. Yeah. A little <laughs> trash talk about giving each yeah, other yeah. a hard time for sure. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's part of it. Yeah. No, that's, you know, it's
1: enjoyable too.
4: It, Yeah. And for me, like that's, that's a big part of this is, um, you know, like I, I really appreciate the challenge approach to what sport does in, in my life personally. And I think for these fellows, the same thing. And so for us to like maintain that challenge when there's no official race challenge on the horizon has been a a nice way for us to kind of, you know, like keep our head in the game and still feel like, um, still feel like that connection to one another that, that we get through the sport. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that leads right into the, our next question, which is, um, you know, if you could talk a little bit about motivation to persevere and succeed, and, you know, you've been talking about how we do it in running, and can you carry that over to how we can do it while coping day to day, you know, um, that whether you have to, dig deep inside or look to others or something. I mean, it just, um, sometimes we can kind of just feel, I know I kind of feel like just looking around and my head swirling around being like, how can, how can I get through today? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's hard, right. It's hard for everybody, myself included, um, just because our, our lives have been so disrupted on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and really for, for months now, you know, we're looking at this being kind of like entering the, the third month of major disruption. And I think a lot of these systems, there, there's not really any necessary end in sight just yet.
2: Mm-hmm. So
4: I, I think, you know, one of the ways I, I think about motivation is that um, commitment is almost always better than motivation. Mm. Uh, and so, if we can find commitment that aligns with values, mm-hmm. right? So, if we can really think about the things that matter the most to us in our lives, and find ways to commit to that on a daily or weekly basis, mm-hmm. that's going to help. Because I think one one of the greatest challenges right now is motivation has taken a nosedive for so many of us. Mm-hmm. We don't feel motivated to do all kinds mm-hmm. of things, and yet if we're committed to them because they bring value and meaning into our lives, we're going to be much more likely to execute them even when we don't have the motivation or feel like we want to. Mm
0: -hmm. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Like, but put it in, not tangible is not the right word, but, but kind of, um, how someone might apply that. So is that thinking about like, I don't know that, um, I know that when I started running, I used to, uh, my, my grandmother, had had a stroke. And so she was, you know, confined to a hospital bed. So I didn't want to be running, but I would tell myself, well, grandma can't, so I'm going to do it for grandma. Mm-hmm. And and at the time I was running laps underneath the um, bleachers of the hockey rink at my alma mater. Wow. And so it was not super scenic and fun. <laughs> and so, so I mean, is that, <laughs> is that sort of the, you know, the commitment to run for grandma because she can't, I mean, the,
4: yeah, well that's see, I, I love that because that, that's commitment with purpose. Mm. Right. So there's this like this great idea that when when purpose outweighs pain, mm. we'll rise to the occasion. Mm. When when pain outweighs purpose, we give into pain.
2: Mm. And you
4: can think about that in, in a physical way, but you can think about that in a psychological way as well. And so when you can embed deep purpose and deep meaning into our actions, we're much more likely to you know, to show up and to do the work, especially if it's in this deeply personal way. Mm-hmm. So for for me, I think about like one of the easiest ways right right now that I think about commitment and motivation is um, is yard work, oh. right? It's, it's silly, but like, you know, like my grass is growing crazy fast right now and I'm not always motivated to go and cut it and to take care of it. Mm-hmm. But because I like, I, you know, I like the feeling I get when it's done. I like how it looks when it's done. Mm-hmm. I'm committed to doing it even when it's, hot, even when I'm tired, even when there's other things I'd rather be doing. Mm -hmm. And I think you can, I mean, you can line that idea up for just about anything in our lives from chores and things around the house to, to exercise, um, you know, to time with, um, to time with our, our loved ones and our friends. Like there's so many ways to think about that.
1: Mm -hmm. That's one of those. um, There's the great quote, and I can't remember who it's from right this second, but um it's a well-known writer and, and her response is always well i don't actually like writing but i really do like having written uh, um, I, I thought mark twain and that's one that. of those I thought Mark Was Twain. because said... for some reason in my mind it's dorothy parker but she would have turned <laughs> it into a rhyme so yeah i don't know anyway uh you i'm sure the question i'm gonna right google it oh, yeah. okay i'm sure there's somebody yelling at their phone you know yes oh definitely. no it's answered how do you not know that <laughs> um but that idea of um running and you know i i may not feel like doing the run right now but i will have like having done it at <laughs> some point in the future like once i've actually done it um but i I was gonna shift gears just a little can bit because there's a
0: can i just say it was dorothy parker i'm very sure. impressed very impressed oh, i have i have dang. since my early 20s i have attributed that quote to mark twain and right now everyone is like you two are the biggest geeks that you both know that quote <laughs> <laughs> yep
1: yep uh yeah i'm sorry we're nerds i don't know what to tell you i don't know okay, what to so, tell you. so i interrupt you um, i'm sorry anyway yes uh uh i forgot where it's going oh right so shifting gears just a little bit Kind of the the Zen meditation and the running mantra of um, just be the mile you're in um, Mm -hmm. keeps coming back to me during this time. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think it's something, you know, I've used this long before now when you're in one of those really long, long, long runs where you're on mile two and you still have, you know, 14 more to go. And at mile two, you're thinking to yourself, there is no way. There is no way. This is miserable now. I can only imagine what it's going to be like in four miles or 10 miles. Why don't I just stop mm-hmm. right now? Um, and, and the same at times, and the same at times it's felt true during where we are right now. Like, mm-hmm. um, I can't imagine doing this for another two months. I can't imagine doing this for another year. Um, right. How do you get yourself out of that mindset? Is it simple? Is it as simple as I'm going to run this mile, and then I'll run the next mile, and then I'll run the next mile, and yeah. see what happens?
4: Yeah, I, I think um, yeah, I, the commitment to process is is really important, right? And this idea that it can seem really daunting at mile two to have 14 more to go, and mm-hmm. yet if you can sort of change that framework to think about what's next, what. It, what do I need to do right now in this moment to be effective, to move forward? It you know these micro goals can can really help. I think the the challenge about this is that like this this whole thing feels like we're running a race and the finish line keeps moving,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? right? It's like oh right. I
4: thought I thought it was there, but now it's I, now I don't even <laughs> yes. where the hell did it go?
2: Right? Where is it? Right? right.
4: And right. so it, it, I think that that part can be really deflating. Um, for a lot of people and yet the, the reminder I, I think there's two reminders one it's okay in this moment what can you do to be effective and again what can you do to line up and align with your values and your purpose and if you can keep that the, the framework what matters most to you in your life and can you operate from that place today then you're probably going to be in a good place to do it again tomorrow and to do it again next week the the other thing i've, I've been thinking a lot there's this um, the, the psychologist out of Harvard, his name is Daniel Gilbert. And he wrote a book called Stumbling on Happiness, mm. which really examines this idea that uh, that human beings, all of us, we're, we're really bad at predicting what's going to make us miserable or what's going to make us happy right. in the future. Right. And we're, we're terrible at it. And he's done all this research that really uh, exemplifies that point. And so part of it is like, if, if we would just kind of backtrack, go, you know, go back in time and go back to December of 2019. And if we told everybody, you know, you're going to be locked in your house for, um, <laughs> for two or three months and you're not going to be able to see your friends and there's going to be this worldwide shutdown of the economic gears, and there's going to be this concern about this virus. And then, you know, what we're going to do, we're going to throw a whole bunch of social injustice on top of it and make... All of these things come together all at once. Mm-hmm. How do you think you're going to feel? And in December, I bet all of us would have said, "Oh my gosh, that's going to be the worst thing ever." <laughs> that no sounds terrible. I'm going to deal with it, right? Sounds terrible. Right. And yet, I'm not saying it's it, it's been great. It it hasn't. And yet, we're all still here, right? And in a large way, where a lot of us are still able and still have enough privilege to engage in our lives in meaningful ways. Mm -hmm. And so all is not lost. And I think that's part of it is we we can forecast into the future and say, you know what, this summer is going to suck, right? It's going to be terrible. It's going to be awful. And don't get me wrong. There's going to be hardship, but I also think there's plenty of opportunity to maintain our focus on on what provides us value and meaning. Um, and it, it may not be as bad as we think it's going to be.
0: Yeah. I remember. So my older daughter is, um, a senior as, as is Adrian's daughter. And, um, and then I have 14 year old twins. And I remember in probably maybe late January, early February, we sat down to dinner and all five of us were together. And, but my daughter, she's a nanny and she, she, like her siblings, have active social lives and, and after school stuff. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I really need to savor this. This is probably going to be one of our last family dinners. Like I need to, every time all five of us are together, I need to really savor it. And now I'm like, oh, another <laughs> family
4: dinner with all five
0: of us here. Right. <laughs> I just right.
4: like night again. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Just uh, be careful what you wish for. Can I be <laughs> Like you know, wow. oh, yeah. I'm never going to find a million dollars.
1: I, I, you know, so I keep finding these small surprises during this time, um, because like Sarah, my daughter's getting ready to, you know, head to college or, or head out of the house, um, and really, you know, this is our last chance to mm-hmm. spend a lot of time with her,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and. while this period has been tumultuous and not great in so many ways, um, in a very small personal way, it has been great to be able to spend all of this unstructured time Mm -hmm. with this kid that I'm, you know, who's only going to be a kid for another year, two. I mean, they're always your baby. They're always your Mm -hmm. child, but Mm -hmm. like she is a legitimate adult at this Mm -hmm. point. Um, so, you know, there are these unexpected bonuses that, sometimes help you get through the the less spectacular parts. Mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it, I, I love that. Right. Because it's, if, if you can, if we can, all can be open to these unexpected um, beautiful spots, right. It, it really helps us get through the, the difficulty of the day to day. And, you know, one of, one of the areas that that's happening the most for, for all of us, is this increased time with one another?
2: Yeah,
4: and that there could be sore spots with that, sure, but there can also be a lot of beauty in that as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been thinking about, um, you know, we've been talking about how some days just seem really difficult, and you know, then other days it's like, oh, I had a you know really good run, or hey, I got to go swimming, or something like that. But the these peaks and valleys of emotion and energy. They're very reminiscent of during a race, and um, and it is like that same roller coaster that we seem to be riding during these turbulent times. Any advice on how, you know, the same way that when you're in a race, you tell yourself, okay, right now, yes, I'm experiencing extreme discomfort, and I really am not sure I can keep going on. How you pull yourself out of, how can you use those same tactics that you pull yourself out of that valley? that you can pull yourself out when you think, Oh, I just cannot make one more dinner. I just cannot, Uh you know, wait in line at Trader Joe's one more
4: time. Right. Right. There's, um, there's a great saying that some of my, um, some of the ultra athletes that I work with use and, they're saying is it never always gets worse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I, love, I love that language. It, and I think that's part of it, right? It's like when you're running a hundred mile race, right? There are going to be huge ups and downs and they're going to be large patches of time where it really feels bad and, and you start to doubt whether or not you'll be able to continue. And yet um, it never always gets worse. Like there's going <laughs> to be a rise and a, a moment or a few miles or hours even, where it's better. And I I think this, like this whole, you know, great pause, if you will, has really shown a light on that, right? (laughs) There there are dark spots for all of us and there are difficult times. And yet um, there are bright spots in there too. And and part of it is we have to be able to sort of to ride that wave and be open to whatever those experiences are. (laughs) And part of that is like not trying to push too much against those, those hard spots, not trying to push them away or wish them away, but to like absorb into them and right. allow them to be just as meaningful as, you know, as the bright times.
1: That seems really hard, Justin. <laughs> it is hard.
4: Yeah. Other <laughs> great saying, right? It, it, it's a simple idea, but the simple ain't easy.
2: Yeah. Right?
4: It's tremendously difficult. And yet the only way we can do that is with like entering it from a framework of this is how we're going to try to embrace those moments.
1: Right. Right. And, um, and,
4: you know, boxed wine helps too. I've, yeah. I've <laughs> sure.
1: yeah. Or for me, like a brownie. I like a brownie. <laughs> there you go. Brownie takes the edge off. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I've been kind of based on this New York Times story that uh, I had shared with Sarah and how you learn lessons or, or lessons that have been learned from marathoners. Um, I, from my one marathon, I seem to have taken a lot of lessons. Um, and one of those was even before I started running, I had kind of mentally chunked up the race into smaller bits. Mm -hmm. Um, unfortunately it was the New York city marathon and I chunked it up by borough, not realizing that you're in Staten Island for like a heartbeat and then you're in Brooklyn for a year and a half. Um, (laughs) So I maybe should have chunked it up a little, you know, a little bit more thoughtfully. (laughs) Um, but kind of the idea of setting small goals, like, oh, you know, my goal is to get through, Brook- uh, get through Staten Island at this pace, get through Brooklyn at this pace, um, and, you know, maybe feel like this when I hit the bridge. Um, is that something that you, uh, that you can utilize that strategy in real life now, do you think?
4: Uh, absolutely. I, I think the idea of like chunking or micro goals is really important and, and really helpful. And th- that can be, th- that can be a little bit of a moving target as we go through this, right? Sometimes the micro goals are just like today, like, what do I need to do today? <laughs> yeah. Or this or even like, Yeah, totally. Like this morning, this afternoon, like through this next four hours, what do I need to do to effectively get through it? And sometimes those micro goals are maybe more of a, a week or at a month, right? Like, so what? what is meaningful? What do you want to accomplish in June, right? Mm-hmm. And you could think about, okay, how do I break that up into, you know, like bite-sized pieces?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. So over these past few months, I've found myself thinking a lot about dealing with the recovery uh, in 2015 of when I fractured my ankle in four places, had surgery to put pins and a plate in. And, and, you know, there was no guarantee of how long I'd have the cast on or the boot or when, or even if I would resume running. And Mm -hmm. I would just try to remind my, I'd use a lot of these same goals that we've been talking about. I would try to find small, quiet moments of joy. I would um, try to, you know, chunk it all up. And I would also remind myself that it was a finite period of time during hopefully a very long span of my life.
4: Mm-hmm. And
0: um, now looking back, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I was only in that cast for like, I don't know, four weeks or something like that's yeah. You know, in regular life, I blink and four weeks goes by. So, you know um, what, what advice do you have Justin on dealing with the uncertainty of how long of this will last? You know, there's, yeah. there's really, as we talked about, the, the finish line keeps getting moved. And right. at this point, You know, what is the finish line? What does it look like? But right now, I don't see it on the horizon.
1: Yeah, yeah. The finish line has gotten rather existential. Like, what Mm -hmm. is the finish line? When Mm -hmm. do we end? I don't know. Mm
4: -hmm. Is there a finish line? Is there a finish
1: line? (laughs) Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, uncertainty is the greatest driver of anxiety that we have as human beings. Mm. And so I think it has to start there. It has to start with this this understanding and this, like, this normalizing of uncertainty creating anxiety for us. You know, we, we really thrive. There, there are two conditions that need to be met for psychological safety to be felt. Mm-hmm. And that is predictability, uh, part one, and then control, part two. Mm-hmm. And when we have both of those things in our lives, we feel pretty good. You know, we feel like, oh, I can predict what's going to happen today, this week, this month. And I also feel like I have reasonable control about moving my life through those scenarios. Well, that predictability piece has really been robbed, right? And so that uncertainty about what's going to happen today, this week, this month, moving forward, what's going to happen with school in the fall? What's going to happen next year? What's going to happen to my racing calendar? Mm -hmm. I mean, every area of life now has this embedded uncertainty. So it's okay to feel anxious because we don't know. Um, and then that control piece is also really important on the backside of that, because there, there are a lot of parts of this that we, we can't control, right? We, we can't control when a vaccine is going to be readily available. We can't control, um, you know, when things are going to open up the way we would like them to. So coming back to thinking again about how you're going to navigate through those two conditions is, is really important. And again, I think it's micro goals are really helpful. I think, um, connection to valued based living you want to be, how you want to show up, what's important on a daily basis, uh, and what you can control, right? What is within your power to, to manage today, this week, this month, focusing on those factors is, is really helpful. Mm -hmm. I think through all of this, what, what it seems like we're learning is, um, like we're really simplifying a lot of our lives,
2: Mm -hmm.
4: right? Our lives are kind of like going back to like really simple approaches to Mm -hmm. How we how we live each and every day again like there's something powerful about that
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah yeah awesome awesome well a wonderful message to end on justin and and like always it's been great
4: talking with you oh well, well thank you so much for uh for having me on always a, a pleasure to uh, to talk with you as well
0: uh, talking to justin just always makes me feel better just, i know i know <laughs> wow 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 um All right. Well, well, you and I talked briefly in the intro about the, you know, version two of love the run you're with, um, coming in being introduced in July, but Hey, we are introducing, I'm sure. Yes. Do you know, I, you know, this Adrian, um, love the run you're with junior.
1: Yes. I know this.
0: Yes. And it just launched. It is a fun running based quote unquote training program for kids that culminates with a race in late July. Um, the training, um, The fun plan is six weeks long. It has race distances that um, you and your kiddo or kiddos can choose from a one K three K or five K the program designed by our dear Dimity is full of fun and games. It is like, I just always admire the heck out of Dimity's creativity. And this is like Dimity on steroids. (laughs) Uh, So um, um, it's kind of like hiding shredded veggies and, pasta sauce your kids will never even realize they're getting exercise it gives structure it gives micro goals it gives enjoyment yes. like man it is like who served it up um and the kids can burn off their crazies so the program kicks off on june 15th of course you can start it whenever you want but june 15th um mm-hmm. And it is, um, op- registration is open now and boy, it has a very cute t-shirt that you can add on a really great medal. So you're going to find all this goodness at train like a mother dot club. That is train like a mother, all one word in this case, dot club. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from sounds like pictures, many happy miles.